What a perfect end to the season. Seven games between two of the original CPBL teams. For an incredible, crazy, bonkers season, it just had to go all the way, didn't it? It's November 10th. I'm Ryan Chen, and this is the last episode of the CPBL Chronicles on Taiwanese Pro Ball for 2020. The last title for the Brother Elephants, my team, won in 2010 before the team was sold to the China Trust Bank Corporation. The Lions, still under 7-Eleven's parent company, Tongyi Uni President, last won in 2013. Both of these teams downtrodden with different problems. The brothers lost five consecutive appearances in the Taiwan series, while the Lions have fallen behind other teams in terms of investment in the baseball operation and payroll. The brothers had a strong season winning 67 games, clinching the first half, overtaking the Monkeys, and had a shot at the second half title in the last game of the regular season. Their pitching was stellar and they could blow open the game just like that. But there were lots of doubt cast on the team. They didn't hit well in the clutch, their run differential suggested that they should have won even more games, and of course the team record in the Taiwan series. Let me remind the listeners, if a team clinches both first half and second half titles, they are given game one of the Taiwan series and maintain home field advantage 4-2. They have left many games on the table and could have swung the series tremendously. With the rotation of Jose De Paula, Errol Miranda, and Esmil Rogers, and Huang Enzi, the brothers were comfortable favorites, certainly amongst the CPBL English fan base, between Clive Shu's blog post contributors, my podcast guests, Jackie Lee on Rants with Danny Shi, only infield fly girl picked the Lions. Everyone else expected the yellow streamers in the end. The team they lost to on the last day, and thus the second half title winners, the Lovable Lions. The foreign pitcher lineup was a turnstile. Don Roach, Logan Darnell, and Ryan Farabin, and Josh Renicky due to injuries, all came and gone. I looked at the stats, and those guys definitely suffered from the juice balls used by the league in the first half. They had a ground ball fly out ratio of 1.3, while the three pitchers they closed the season out with, Brock Dykeshorn, Tim Melville, and Teddy Stankiewicz were able to coax fly balls with a .82 ratio while not giving up as many home runs and allowing 20% less base runners. But the excitement from the team came from the lineup. The first half featured the 1-2 home run combo of Ling Anke and Su Zijie, but in the second half, the whole team stepped up to see them earn the second half title with the lowest winning percentage in league history thanks to a three-way battle for the top spot. Here's your one-line recap of each game. Game 1, 10th inning. Zheng Kaiwen goes out for his second inning of relief and Pan Wusheng blasts a three-run home run. Game 2, the Yue Zhen brothers both homer in the second. Su Weida with another signature pinch hit, three-run home run ties the series up. Game 3, down in Tainan, tie game after two outs in the ninth, the brothers blow it open with Wang Weichun's RBI double, then Xu Jihong adds three runs of insurance with his blast. Game 4, both teams send their domestic starters. Dan Zixian lifts a 3-run home run and the brothers hang on in the end for the 3-1 series lead. Game 5, Brock Dykeshorn puts the team on his back, allowing only 4 base runners in a complete game, while the brothers show signs of a collapse with 2 errors in the 5th. Game 6, back in Taizong, the Lions get ahead, which is old news, but then they feast on the brothers' bullpen who allowed 8 runs to send the series to a Game 7. Game 7, the most exciting of them all. Three scores for the Lions, then the brothers come back with four. After three scoreless frames, the Lions get to Miranda with a four spot of their own. Final score is 7-4, and for the tenth time in team history, the Lions take the CPBL title. 
Now, part of the CPBL history will be the first ever English broadcast, the first ever empty stadium games, and now the third 3-1 series turnaround. The two other instances were my favorite 2001 brother elephants turning the table on these lines on the back of Japanese pitcher Yang Futie's two starts and two saves, 21 and two-thirds innings only giving up two runs in all. The other was in 2015 when the Lamigo Monkeys lost three straight but mounted a comeback where current brother Da Sizhong Lin Zishen, a monkey back then, led them with 14 for 28 hitting, three home runs, and 11 RBIs. The finale then was a drama-free 11-0 finish. The brothers' pitching was heads and shoulders above the competition during the year, and a huge reason they took the 3-1 series lead with a chance to sweep if not for questionable pitching changes in Game 1. The first start for each foreign pitcher was excellent, each going at least 8 innings allowing only one run each. Even Huang Yingsi performed well in his 5 and dive allowing no runs. But it's a race to 4 and each foreign starter took the loss in the final 3 games. It was certainly questionable how they only carried 7 relievers. Of those, the only brother to not allow any runs was the only lefty reliever in the series, Peng Xing. All over the headlines was how the brothers counted on their starters too much in the last 3 games. And I'm only sorta on board with that argument. I would be more mad at the fact that A, they started as Mel Rogers in Game 1 and not 2, where his second start would have been a home game for Game 6 where he is way more comfortable. And B, in Game 1 they didn't even get to closer CC Lee, in which the home team in a tied game let Zheng Kaiwen go out against three lefties in a row in it for his second inning of work. Cutie Zhang Kuyin was selected as one of the excellent performers of the series, and boy a star he was, flashing the leather with his gold glove defense and becoming the youngest player to win game MVP when on Tuesday he got 4 hits to help the brothers take the 2-1 series lead. Though he did not walk all series, he only had 1 strikeout. Even after being held to 1 hit in the last 3 games, he finished with a batting average of .346. Though he fizzled quickly after his debut in Taoyuan, Yue Zhenhua made the Taiwan series roster to play center field and was excellent defensively while carrying his weight at the bottom of the order. To me, the blame falls on the brothers' anemic offense, getting outscored 25-5 in the final three games. While allowing 25 is atrocious on the pitchers, they were as a whole only allowing 4.29 earned runs on the series. The brothers only scored 27 themselves for the series, shut out in Game 5 and only scored 1 in Game 6 when the team only needed 1 win? Stevie Zosichi was held to only one RBI all series, which is never good for your DH cleanup hitter, but he also reached base at a 433 clip. So looking at who hits around him all year, Zhang Zixian and Xu Jihong, they went a combined 9 for 48 hitting with 7 RBI, but all but one of those were on their two home runs. Of the questionable lineup decisions, one of the glaring ones was Hollywood, Zhang Zihao, who strained his oblique before the rainout schedule was chosen for the 28-man roster. He only played in three games and struck out in all four of his at-bats. Perhaps with the return of the Dragons, the brothers can once again top the league with the challenge for the title. But whoa, will they have dark thoughts come postseason. That being said, the series and the year belong to the Lions. They have the best mascots in Lion the Lion and Sabo Boy the Fishhead. They have the home run dances in the dugout, and oh, by the way, they are the toughest team to beat. Just look at their Taiwan Series on-base celebration, the trophy flying away from the brothers. I've railed them for the entire second half for what would eventually be a negative one run differential on the half. Looking at the special team stats page, it's not so much what they do, but what they don't. The Lions at 33, 1, and 17 don't have the most wins when scoring first, 
but also have the least losses. On the other hand, the Lions were scored on the first the most at 69 games this year. They also had the most wins with 25. That says something to their team pride, character, and resiliency. They don't quit. Now when it comes to the Taiwan series, the Lions scored first in 6 out of the 7 games. That tells me they were pretty loose. And almost every pitcher the Lions hitter saw a second time, they hit and hit for many runs. Here's another question. Who would have known the series saving hit would have come in game 1? If not for Pan Wuxiong's pinch hit home run, the brothers could have swept the series in one rotation with how good their starters were pitching, including what could have been Miranda's first complete game on Wednesday. In just 17 at-bats, Take brought home 7 RBIs which led the team. The 39-year young vet took home series MVP honors. He said he only expected to pinch hit in this series, but got in the groove with that home run. Here's a quick rundown of all the heroes. Catcher Lignola gave them the lead in Game 5 with their two out rally in the second. He had an RBI in every one of the last three games. Though he was hurt most of the last month, shortstop Lin Zuji started in five games and came in as a defensive replacement in game one. He had four RBIs. Young second baseman Lin Jingkai was impressive, getting on base and scoring five times, tied for a team high. Jerry Wu didn't get a hit until knocking in the go-ahead run against Miranda to pull the Lions up for good in game seven. Leadoff man Chen Jieshin was hitless in the first two games, and it's a good thing the Lions were able to take one game because from game three through seven, he was nine for 21 with three walks, scoring five times and cashing in four RBI, including his two run home run in game seven to add crucial insurance runs. One of the transformative players was Ling Anke, who got a hit in every game, taking the pitches where they came, scoring five runs, and still smacking a home run off CC Lee. If he can carry that over to next year, he'll be even more dangerous. Even guys who struggled this series, we can find good things to say. Su Zijie was predictably held down in the series, but was arguably one of the line's most important players during the season. Guo Fuling, though only had two hits, walked three times and scored twice, and knocked in two RBI. Tsunyongji also had a productive series, and only three hits, he had three RBI and two runs scored. Both of those guys homered. Gao Guoqing was dreadful at the plate, but you know he's a leader in the clubhouse still. Perhaps the secret weapon all along was the pitching. All year, I couldn't help but feel that the Lions pitching had the lowest upside. Little did we know they were just waiting for the big stage. Here's a standout stat to me. In the first four games, the brothers had an ERA of 2.19, but in the last three games, it was 7.27. For the Lions, the first four games, they had a 4.75 ERA, which sank to 1.33 in the last three games. They hung tight with the brothers, then slammed the door the second time around. Though as a whole, the relievers did not have a good series statistically. Fu Yugang, Jiang Chenfeng, Zhen Junren each pitched in two outings without giving up a run. In the six games the bullpens were called on, they were blown up twice but held the brothers to just one run in the other four games. Now that is giving your team a chance. The foreign starters for the Lions did more than their share. Two times through against the brothers, 2.38 ERA, 1.13 whip. Teddy Stankiewicz was lights out against the brothers in the regular season and had a good game 3 that the bullpen would blow, then struggled but hung on in game 7. Tim Melville had a solid game too besides the one big orange second and he took advantage of the lead the offense provided to go 7 strong in game 6. And the other excellent performer was Brock Dykeshorn, game 1 only giving up one run, game 5 complete game shutout, one of the best pitching performances of the year. He was called upon to close the series with 2 innings in game 7. Those guys might have benefited from pitching less than a full year. We all look forward to the possibility of them making a return to the CPBL next season. Back on April 12th, the very first professional baseball game in the world took place between the Brothers and the Lions in Taizong. 
November 8th was the final game of the CPBL season with 16,000 watching these very two teams. And with that, the CPBL Chronicles will close for the year as well. Taiwanese Pro Ball will shift focus to basketball in Taiwan. Plus League is well on its way to its inaugural season starting December 19th. I'm Ryan Chen. If you enjoyed this content, please give it a rating on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you everyone for your support. See ya!